Should we do an introduction? Welcome Hi, to everyone. the new Uppsala podcast. <laughs> it is Rain Raven. We got Sigvidry Ufar and we have White Wolf. We're all here this week. Last week or last time we recorded, it was just me and Sigvidir, and magically I talked for more than two seconds throughout the whole podcast. And I gave myself wow. a pat on the back for that. But uh it has been about a week, two weeks since you've heard an episode, so we uh appreciate your you know time and dedication to coming back and listening to us once again we have not forgot about you just timing work and human obligations takes times away from this excellent program we love to do each and every week so as uh what are, we're talking about offerings uh-huh Offerings in general, and then we can get in. I'm sure we're going to end up getting into more specifics. Oh, we always do. Yeah. But offerings in general. Rand Raven, do you want to start that? Or technically, you did the introduction. I mean, so an offering, right? Um, could be done in many different aspects. You could do one at a bloat. You could do one in your simple house. You could do a simple. You know, you go out and you're sitting down meditating. If you boil it down, it's giving something. It's not such as a sacrifice because a sacrifice is giving something that you desperately need versus an offering. It's, you know, I have plentiful. I don't need this much. I'm going to offer and give some of it back. Um, That is a big glass white wolf. That's what I'm talking about. I was going to say, he's not done. <laughs> um, so that's how I tell the difference. And internally, I do the difference between a sacrifice and a, an offering. Um, you know, a Sigvidir, White Wolf, you can talk about it when you could talk about the difference if you want to, or you could not. I don't really care. Um, but in essence, you're given something that you have plenty of, or, you know, you're helping out if you can. Um, you know, sitting down meditating, that's off that's an offering. We only have or a sacrifice. We only have so much time on Midgard and we're dedicating some of it. Volunteer work, helping out and just playing around with your family, or um, you know, some commuting with the gods in a religious aspect. So yeah, I'm done rambling. Alright. So offerings normally is something you have um that you can give up whereas sacrifices are something you need want have very little of and is given as a sacrifice now inevitably throughout this conversation blood offerings or sacrifices in that aspect will come up yes they were practiced yes they're still practiced to this day some people don't like it. Some people believe that that's the only way that it actually works. Yep, it's a thing. Um, but sacrifices normally mean something that you cherish. Um, it's kind of a blurred line. So most of the time, we can get into the low bloat and high bloat idea of things as well, which is, in my opinion, silly, but that's my opinion. Um, I know some people that die on that one. Do you mind going into that? Because I, 
personally, I think I have an idea of what you're saying, but I don't know yes. on the top of my head of what you mean by low bloat and high bloat. So, from my understanding, typically, a low bloat is an offering of food or drink that has already been prepared, whether it's ritually or just by hand. So, say I cook a meal. I will take the best cuts from that, put it on a plate, and give that as an offering. That would be considered a low bloat. There wasn't any blood involved. Outside of maybe the super rare steak that I threw on the plate and it's still leaking. But a high bloat, on the other hand, is normally a ritualistic offering of life. In some aspect or another, whether that's your own lifeblood in a small amount or an entire cow, that would be considered a high blood. Um, there's very, like I said, it's kind of a gray blurred line that's in the middle of those because some people don't believe that if I cut my hand and bled and made an offering of that, it's not really a sacrifice of life. Whereas I see it as it's a life energy and life force. It's Go ahead, White Wolf. You look like you're running ready to go. You're like focused. I've been here for like I've been for like two weeks. I only have energy right now. <laughs> um, what I was gonna say was to your point exactly. Uh, 100. I agree. Um, low high blow. Um, it's been misconstrued and basically relabeled. Um, now uh, a low blow is a symbol. High blow is a blow. Right. So if you start practicing or you have seen a practitioner or anything else uh, between the two things very very different concepts realities energies everything around it is totally different a bloat and a symbol right a bloat translates to blood blood means sacrifice that's the sacrifice you get and i i really definitely love the analogy that super said is like an offering is something that's in excess. It is the disposable. That's an offering. A sacrifice, something you realistically think, I don't know if I can, but you do anyway. Um, so that's the difference between a high bloat and a low bloat is disposable or sacrifice. A symbol is disposable. You hail your ancestors, you hail maybe your neighbor next to you, your best friend, whatever else. You hail yourself. You do the minors of acknowledgement without sacrifice just to honor that acknowledgement, which is great. That's a good thing. You should do that every night, all the time. Fuck off. Um, but when you become to offer sacrifices, now you're a little bit different things. High bloat and low bloat, one is only a bloat. One in this aspect is a sacrifice. One is a disposable offering. And I love the way he said it. So, essentially, a bloat is blood, is sacrifice, is something you can't necessarily agree to afford to lose, but you do in any way for a larger cause or better outcome, right? Like, there's been a lot of controversy, everything with it. Anyway, um, not gonna so i love that his analogy was the two uh high bloat is a bloat you go to freight taxi midsummer you have big heavy hitters and you're like holy crap this is like a whole thing well you can go to a tuesday night and have a a stumble at any time and it can be just as in invigorating 
it could be just enlightening uh anything else with it like you're still involved you're still feeling the presence you're still feeling the powers you're feeling energies but it's not a sacrifice it's a gathering it's a gathering of everyone saying we want to give forward not that we can't and we must so it's a good thing to have so i think exactly what he said they're different uh, back in the day they're high bloat low bloat and in a very layman's terms it's bloat and sumble and or ritual or gathering of like i'm gonna have a barbecue or i'm gonna throw on midsummer and those are the differences if i understand severe ubuata correctory correctory yes <laughs> um, <laughs> why well, i said correctly and i was like no that ain't right uh, um yes and hey you understand the gist of what I was trying to say. Uh, so typically nowadays, high bloats are considered blood offerings, so life in exchange for. Um, and that may just be what I've heard and understood from it. However, I do kind of want to touch on this part of this still happens to this day. And it's still fairly commonplace that things will be ritually sacrificed and given to the gods. COVID really, like, up that ante, right? Like, stay at home and die, go outside and die. Let's just die, bitch. Like, oh, damn. All right. Like... Fucking uh, <laughs> ridiculous. Um, so, it still happens to this day. Now, historically, when an animal was sacrificed, yes, its lifeblood was given. You can see it in the show Vikings during what I thought to be a midsummer bloat, I believe. Or maybe it was the. It might have been Ostara. Was it when she sacrificed the cattle, shut the head off? I was in Ostara's arguably Freyfaxi, but I think it was Ostara because I think it was during the plantation of the harvest. But I think you are at Ostara. Yeah, I think it was Ostara because I didn't see anything in the field. But the essence of what they were trying to do is they offered this animal and the bullies or bulls of its blood that was gathered from the animal and sprinkled it over the field. Now, science dictates that's fertilizer and it works fucking great. You've ever used bone meal fertilizer in like a tomato garden? Spot on. Works great. But back then, it was also a sign of we need this harvest to go well. And the reason that blood offerings and life offerings were so common back then is they didn't have Walmart, Target, Aldi's, whatever grocery store down the road. If the harvest failed, people died. If the plants didn't grow, if the food wasn't there, if they didn't have it, people were done. There was nothing you could do. The snow came, you're dead. So there was this heightened level of I need this to work or I'm going to die. Um, so that's why they were so common back then and part of the reason that they've started to drop off in today's day and age. We can go and work for eight hours a day at fucking Walmart and on our way home, we'll pick up our groceries and we're fine because somewhere in the world still producing food and we have all these trucks and trains and airplanes and shit. If I work at Walmart... Would I go anywhere to go pick my groceries, or would I clock out, go pick my groceries, and then yeah, go it's home? it's well, Raymond. When you work at Walmart, I'll kill you. Don't worry. 
Well, that's mean. I'm just trying to make an honest day's work. You're welcome in advance. <laughs> he needs that college, dude. <laughs> Leave him alone. Got college in uh, no. <laughs> I'll kill you. He needs you assistance. You were rent fucking free here before you work for fucking Walmart. <laughs> no, if anything, yeah. you'll put me on my farm and start put me on your farm and start whipping me. Say get back to work. You, you make it down to Utah, you're gonna be uh running some tracks across my fucking field. I'm not gonna lie, but uh <laughs> Yeah. I've never you're driven a tractor, so it's be fun. The problem is you're an Algonian, so I don't think you're like, you know, qualified to do anything that's manual labor and or worth living for at a farm. Probably not. And I'm okay oh, with that. Yeah. Now, this isn't to shit on anybody that works at Walmart. If that's the job you have, awesome. Yeah, 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 Good yeah, for yeah, you. Push your job. You work for tyrants. They're terrible. Fuck you. You're a terrible human being. being the cognitive theory of just universal development. They're just feeding it. It's across the... Anyway. Isn't no, that what your job does? Now, now, shut up. The corporate now, overlords. If you work at Walmart, try to get a better job. You have some work history. Hopefully you did good there. Switch jobs. Anyways. But back then, that's why it was so common that animal sacrifice was made. is because they didn't have fucking Walmart, Target, Smith's food at a grocery store. They had to grow their own. Now, in today's world, we can do stuff like that where it's not as big of a deal. And very, it's very unlikely that you're going to go hungry here in the U.S. Preface that. It is unlikely that you will go hungry in the U.S. unless you are so far down in the dumps that you have no way to even get to a soup kitchen that's down there. If that's the case, use your legs. There's no excuse at that point. Now, that's why they were done then. And that's why this distinction and why blood offerings have started to fall off, not to mention PETA. They hate us. It's fine. Um, but I, this will stir a pot, but I personally do not like the idea that we do not make these offerings anymore. It irks me personally that offerings of, to that extent aren't made at least within the annual cycles of the And you're discussing now right now, to be clear. Or is this your annoyance with blood offerings? Yes. And or is it sacrifice? Now there are a lot of sacrifices take place in scientific labs. There's no blood per se. So is it a cadaver type sacrifice or are you talking about literal blood sacrifice? Blood sacrifice. Uh, so, Peter hates it. It's gonna get crazy. Peter's gonna fucking hate me. Peter is just. I'm not. Yeah, I don't care. Um, you're eating torrential assholes. Like they just fuck themselves. So the like, probability of someone from Peter listening to this is very low. So, y'all are now. <laughs> Actually, realistically, it's not that low. If you guys really want to know, because of what I do for a living. Um, even the last couple of weeks, I ran the world's largest outdoor rodeo. Now, if you want to know where PETA wants to hang out, it's right before bulls get ridden. Um, they're real solid there. In Portland, during PBR, 
you'll have two miles of PETA before you get to the indoor arena to watch a rodeo. So, Why Wolf, you can ride my bull. Yeah, so fun fact, I deal with PETA actually often. But anyway, I digress. Go ahead, sorry. I personally believe that the gods may not have changed their opinions on these offerings. Some people claim that it's just not necessary. Some people claim that it's not ethical in today's world. I disagree entirely. I am not a heathen for the ethical ramifications of what I do. I am a heathen because I follow my gods. And if someone wants to believe, and I'm not going to shit on anybody's practice, I just want to say this, if you believe that the gods have changed their mind on all of that, go pick up a Bible. But, I do not believe the gods changed their minds on this fact. I believe a lot of issues for individual communities could be solved by doing these type of things again. I believe the togetherness of that, not to mention the preparation that has to go into these offerings. These are not just random animals you pick up off of a farm. There's a lot of prep work that goes into that. I believe that would foster a larger sense of community and prosperity in communities in today's world. Personally, the second I have the opportunity to, I will be starting on my farm, and that will be part of what I do. I will be restarting that. You can hate me, love me, disagree with me, that's fine. My practice is my practice, yours is yours. But that is one thing that I plan on bringing back, at least for myself, and those that wish to be part of that, into today's practice. I'm done rambling. Okay. So... Here's my counter-argument and agreeance. I think blood sacrifices can still be used today. But I don't think it's necessarily to the fact because if I am going to do an animal sacrifice, a blood sacrifice, like you said, I need this to work. I'm, I'm putting all my cards on the table. I sacrificed an animal that will either give me warmth, give me food, give me calories, and all the other, give me, you know, something to trade with, because back then, cattle was money, or, you know, animals in general were a form of money. So, in that end, I'm putting all my cards on this table, trying to get this field to grow. I don't have that issue. I think if my intentions are that severe, then it's appropriate. But none of my intentions were that severe that it needed all my cards on the table. So, and you know, for like bloats and everything like that, there could be spiritual significance, but, you know, as you said, there's prep work that needs to be done. You know, the animal needs to be taken care for, needs to be one with the family. Like, it's a true honor to be the sacrifice animal for a bloat and all that stuff. Um, but I don't 
have the capability of doing that, nor do I have the intention to. Um, I think there'll be, there's alternatives that I can go and, you know, have pivot my uh, offering slash sacrifice, you know, sacrifice my own life force instead of, or, you know, you know, something of the same uh, weight, but not to that level. If I'm thinking of like an animal, um, you know, sacrifice a fucking car. A car gets me everywhere. It lets me go to work. It lets me um, do what I need to do, go get groceries and everything like that. In my head, sacrificing the car, granted I didn't grow up with it or I didn't make the car grow with me, but it has the same monetary significant and impact i would say spiritual impact as well you know everything's all spiritual in that sense um right but it has the same weight as sacrificing an animal in my immediate avenue i would say my car i understand your thinking i, I see where you're going and i wrote that line too for a very long time I was of the opinion that if the need was great enough, I would, could, should, if the need was there. However, and this is a fairly recent, we say recent, but time is so ridiculous in my life as well as most of ours, that it's, what was that? Pay no attention. Okay. Um, that was just funny. So I, I wrote that line too, that if the need was there, I could, or I should do it, would do it. But I had to take, in my personal, as a gothi, I had to take a step back and look outside of my personal and look at a community-wide sense of things. Of does the community, not necessarily just heathens, but the community as a whole, do they need that? But that gift, that sacrifice, that life force help the community as a whole. And that's what those offerings normally were anyways. It wasn't just that person's farm. It was an offering or a sacrifice for the community as a whole. So when I took that step back, I realized that while I may not be starving to death, it may be something like that, or somebody else might not be starving to death, they still have their two months behind on their rent, or their has to do with this, or they have minimal food to put on the table, or they just lost their job, or something, 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 something. In that sense is when it became necessary in my mind. I know it's been talked about in the recent past, again, two years ago, that there was a really hard farming year here in Utah, and it was an actual cognitive thought process and talk through with other people with, is it necessary now? Because a lot of our farming communities were starting to diminish, and they were having a tough time of it, so possibly then that would be worth it. 
But then again, I took a step back and looked outside of just the farming communities and looked at business, home life, family life. Were the gods present in any of it? Were they helping? Is there something that we could do to draw interest and help our local community? That's where that took over for me. And that's why I believe they should still be done, mainly at the high points of the year. By no means should it be a common, every ritual thing. But Ostara, Midsummer, the Harvest, and Yule, in my opinion, there should be some form of animal sacrifice given during those times. That's me. I get what you're saying. And, like, I see your points. And for the most part, I agree. The same thing with uh, if you were to go hunting and, you know, yes. you're uh, hunting and you're attributing the hunt to Uller or Scotty, okay. um, you know, sacrifice a part of the animal for that scenario. I didn't grow the elk or deer or whatever I was hunting. I didn't grow. Nature did. I'm going to give back. So it's, you know, the love can still carry on. That's how I see yeah. it. The energy is pure. I don't know. Words are Absolutely. hard today. That's another excellent type of offering that a lot of people look over and don't necessarily pay attention to is the hunting side of it. If you go on a hunt and it's for something important to you, if that's especially like people in Alaska or Montana, they hunt for life. It's to feed their family. They oftentimes they have a limit, something like two deer per household, then something, something. Like they have limits like that where it's known that that's going to happen and most families are going to take in that harvest because that's the only way they're surviving. But a lot of people overlook that idea of the hunt being part of an offer. Um, I personally, when I have hunted, will go out before I even start. So I'll get to camp and Right then and there, I make an offering of the food that I brought with me, make a plate, and say, Uller guide me on this hunt, being that he is the greatest huntsman of the gods, and he is who he is. I will make that offering, and sometimes I will let it sit at the edge of my camp and let the random spirits of the forest just take it and do whatever they want with it. I've slipped... It was one time I slid, I had a pork chop. I fried it up on a cast iron, blah, 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 did all my stuff. And I looked at the pork chop. I looked at a bag of beef jerky next to me, and I knew it was going to be a hard year, a hard hunt. So I went, eh, well, so I took that pork chop and went and sat it on a tree stump. I just left it there, fully cooked, ready to go, made my offering to the land-wide Santa Uller. And when I woke up in the morning, there were bobcat tracks around the stump. And I was like, well, something took it. So I guess that works. About six hours later, I started going out and I actually I had a successful hunt. So immediately after that, I took the heart of the animal that I had harvested and put it on that same tree stump. Clean, gutted, refrigerated, did all my stuff with the meat that I had. And... Woke up the next morning to drive home, and the heart was gone, and there was more bobcat tracks around that tree stump. So I was like, cool, well, I made my offerings, and that's perfect. 
so yeah that's another type of offering that you can do is while you're hunting offer a part of a successful harvest to Uller or to the land whites the land spirits if in respect yeah yes i agree um always offer you're given it's an old verbiage and i'm probably gonna butcher it because i don't remember all the time but it's don't what is it um don't reciprocate good fortune no don't reciprocate good fortune with bad manners so like if you receive something good whether it be having chance or dedication don't reciprocate or don't pay back in a misfortunate way don't ask that you own it don't ask that you deserved it don't not say thank you kind of a thing so that's yeah yes very very important size now the other part of offerings unless rain raven has something to add with the pooch attacking him um the dog was just attacking him for the listeners. He got spooked. There was like fireworks going on and it's fucking August. It's weird. No, no you're not in your neighborhood. That wasn't fireworks. That it was not a gunshot. But where he lives He went there, asshole. <laughs> like we went where we went from southeast Portland, Oregon to his place. You heard gunshots when you got to my place. Yeah, it was fine. I'd do whatever. You heard gristle from grilling a steak at his place. It's different. <laughs> you think you heard fucking gunfire? Motherfucker. Between the three of us, cool right now, you're the closest one to gunfire. You are the little bitch. Yeah. Little story, my neighbor's car got shot at like three weeks. What the hell? <laughs> Someone needs I to take an offering. Now that is a sacrifice. They need some drastic change right there. No, yeah. It was funny though, because <laughs> I heard him going off and I, I thought it was fireworks. It was right around the 4th of July. I was like, oh, cool, fireworks. So I walked outside on my front porch to, like, look around. I didn't see anything. I was like, ah, oh, that's weird, whatever. Apparently they stopped. Nope, my neighbor's car, like, less than 50 yards from me, was shot eight times. Nobody was in it. Everybody's fine. But his car got shot at. I was like, oh, that's cool. I walked outside in my boxers. <laughs> not prepared to handle anything because I thought it was fireworks. Anyways, that makes me think of like Kelly of Clarkson song. What? Uh, the, the before he cheats, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the car. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. But another part of offerings. <laughs> I have two questions. Okay, go. One for each, two for both. Hmm. Yeah. That don't make no sense. Rain Raven. This is me right now. This is Rain Raven to me. Timothy, like here. Yeah. Over there. Is, is this you now? Yeah. What? 
I'm you're down here. What are you doing? You get it? No. I'm doing pointing at you and you're responding. Rain Raven. What? What the fuck is... Oh my god. Alright, shut I tend to be cool with it, eating Satchel Richards. Sorry, man. Hey, asshole. To you, see what I'm doing right now? This is like. You're a bitch. How high are you? <laughs> no! Actually. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I'm totally forgot about that. <laughs> I'm now looking at him. Shut up. I'm doing something. It's going to be good. He's so high. I forgot that I'm high. Shut up. Rain Raven. Rain Raven. What is an offering to you as opposed to a sacrifice? What? If you were to give an offering now, what would you give? There would not mean a sacrifice. Oh my god, I tried so hard to see here. <laughs> Do you know what he's asking? If someone gave me an yeah. offering, would no. I sacrifice it? Let me translate my white wolf. For you, at this moment in time, what would you consider an offering, but not a sacrifice? In your position, say you were to do a ritual, you yeah. yourself, what would you consider to be an offering, but not quite a sacrifice? For the definition that we laid out. Yeah, earlier. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do purely food. I'm just going to use that okay. as my uh, barrier of like what I'm talking about um, and my criteria. Anything in my fridge and freezer would be considered an offering. Now, what I would consider a sacrifice would. All right, I lost my job. I'm going hunting because I need food. I need to fill my freezer. I sacrificed a quarter of the ribs or, you know, a a backstrap or something like that. That would be a sacrifice. That is one hell of a prime cut to sacrifice. So, all right. I mean, to to my understanding, sacrifice, like, I'm giving yeah. a prime cut. I 100%, yeah. Yeah. That's dope. I would, I would give uh, the cream of the crop. I need this. I need this shit to work. As a hunter, now that my screen's not blurred, you guys can see the safe in the background. I'm, I'm a hunter. One. As a hunter, I can legitimately say offering a backstrap, solid plan. Yeah. That is a prime cut. Now, to me, I deal personally in a hunting situation. I deal with more of the vital pieces, the essence, also the heart or something similar to that, the life-giving force of the animal would be my offering, or my sacrifice. But yeah, yeah, I agree with you. No, I, I could see that. Um, 
you know, the heart, the lungs. Um, I mean, you could technically do like a liver because, um, seeing you could, uh, you could wrap the liver around certain parts of the animal and, you know, it's seen as a delicacy with that. Um, and it's a great way of cooking. More than just delicacy, my guy, liver and onions. Yeah. Um, but to me, it, I would see the prime cut being weighted more spiritually and, um, cause you know, given the heart and the lungs, all of my train of thought is like the life energy. So it's very spiritually fucking words are hard today. Spiritually intense. Yes. Um, when a backstrap is the prime cut of the meat, is like, damn, you going hunting to, you know, eat some good shit food, and you know, give them the cream of the crop. In my head, it's it's an actual sacrifice on my half because I'm giving a part of what I was looking forward to. So, I yeah, I agree with you. What do you want, White Wolf? Answers. Well, you were either there or gone. I don't know, but I gave my answer. Anything in my fridge freezer would be considered an offering, and a hunt. Uh, the liver, the lungs, the heart, backstrap, um, I would consider a sacrifice. Okay. Or, or if I need it for like this, uh, like if I was hunting an otter and sacrifice the pelt to keep me warm and, you know, sacrifice the part of that to not keep me warm. Hmm. I'm sorry, did you say you would sacrifice an otter's pelt just to keep you warm? No, for the significance. If I need the otter's pelt or, you know, the elk's pelt to keep me warm and everything, you know, to help keep my household warm, you know, as a blanket or anything like that, you know, it would be a, it would be a sacrifice in that context. So if you were to take an otter's pelt off the living otter, what would be the sacrifice you would give for the pelt? Yeah, that one. I understand where your thought process went, but I think it was way. What do you mean? What would I sacrifice for the pelt? So, sacrifice an otter. Yeah. How do you pay back the otter? What? I understand what he's asking. I... Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold up. So, if you were to go hunting for an otter for a warmth for its skin, right? That's the premise of this whole thing. Yeah. Would the offering itself not be the time spent away from the say it's to keep a child warm? 
since most children will fit in an otter skin, you could probably put their arms through it as new one yeah. and say, all that. Say it's to keep a child warm. Would it not be a sacrifice of your own time, your own warmth, your own work to keep cutting wood for fire and that kind of thing? Would that not would that not be a sacrifice to gain the otter's skin in order to add an additional layer? In my point of view, both would be a sacrifice. I'm going hunting for the otter skin so I don't have to burn as much wood in this context but I'm sacrificing the otter's skin so I can get better luck in some aspect. But in turn, I'm also having to keep on burning the same amount of wood, if not more, depending on the time of year and, you know, the time of distance, time is relative. I would see both as a sacrifice. Interesting take. An offering is what I have plenty of and I don't necessarily need it a sacrifice is I need this shit now it's significance is that's how I value between an offering and a sacrifice I understand your point I my brain goes a totally different but I understand your idea behind that Well, Wolf, you're the one that said you had, like, 17 questions. Yeah, what was the other one? Oh, shit. You forgot already. Oh, no, I've had, like, a billion more based off your timeline ratio and explanation. Oh. Fuck. Um. Okay. Was a rain raven. I assumed it was the same thing. What would di differentiate between the offering or the sacrifice of a bloat and or a stumble? Right? Sure. Now, rain raven, I said, what's, what would you give as an offering? So, as an offering of a sacrifice, we kind of piggybacked a little bit with Simir Ufara. So, I'm curious. We talked about all different levels of sacrifices, what it means, what it could mean, float, stumble, whatever the fuck else. Uh, I'm curious as to the Savior Ufa's aspect of what to you is something that most heathens, if not every heathen, has that is disposable to give to the gods, and or what is so important that instead of something as simplistic as a symbol, in any aspect, is a living representation of a sacrifice to gods instead of a offering to a god. So, what do you think every heathen can offer? And what do you think at the basis core is something that every heathen can sacrifice? Great question, White Wolf. I like it. All right. So, offering. We'll start there. Offerings can be extremely, extremely simple. That's what a lot of people don't get. So, personally, I make offerings to air, 
the goddess of healing, the surgeon of the gods, the medical woman, one of Frigg's handmaidens. She's actually, we have a statue of her on our mantle above our fireplace. She's very important to our household. Being that my wife works in the medical field. Um, oftentimes, I will offer air, fresh, clean water. Sorry, Flint, Michigan, you're excluded. But <laughs> you tried to kill him. What did you do? How is Flint, Michigan, trigger? That's fucking funny. Uh, I still want to know who the fuck White Wolf was talking to 15 minutes ago when he looked up into the middle of the room somewhere over there. Flint? <laughs> Michigan? Oh, okay. So, fresh, clean, clear water is oftentimes an offering. I oftentimes make an offering to air with stuff like that. I've also offered certain medical ointments. Um, Neosporin was one that I used. There was willow bark that I've used in an offering before. So those are a little more rare-ish outside of like the antibiotic ointment. But fresh, clean, clear water is available to most people, even if it is bottled. That, that's something that you have that most humans cannot live without. I would argue no human can live without it. I was just about to say any human can't live. I want to say it's four days without water, but they can live three weeks without food. Three days. No, food's bullshit. I did that once. It was at a high school and I ended up in the soccer field and I saw something that was like SpongeBob SquarePantsy. But we'll have this another time. Food is different than water. Water can go for three days. Food can go for over seven. For the record. Yes. What I just said. He said three weeks. Oh, same shit. Yeah. Anyways. No. Anyways, most people have off have access to fresh, clean, clear water. And that can be an offering. To many different gods or goddesses. I've used old, old water and made an offering to Scotty with it. I've made so water in and of itself can be an offering. Sacrifices. This one again will vary between. It depends on your level of willingness. To go that far. I can speak personally on this one. However, individuals will have different answers to this question on what a sacrifice is. Um, to me, the only thing that would be, I guess there's two, there's two things that I could make and give as a sacrifice. One of those things is my dogs. I'm never going to do that. That is off the table for me. The other. Oh, yes. Really? It is off. Go ahead. Put, put, your, put your hypothetical in there. 
Fair enough. Uh, it's just a connection. D-O-G-S or G-O-D-S? What was that one? Dog. Like, Wolf Wolf. That, that was it. Um, so, one of those was my dogs. They would fit the bill of a blood sacrifice. The only other option that I currently have that I'm actually far more willing to make an offering with is my own blood. I've done it in the past. I will probably end up doing it again. It's a thing that I've done fairly frequently over the years. I mean, fairly. Eh. Kind of. Um, but yeah, my own blood would be the only other thing that I can make as a sacrifice. My own life force being, in essence, what I'm giving. Did that answer your question, Werewolf? Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, it does. You know, there's a lot of things we dissect, as we all say, but no, the, the, the question comes down to what we talked about earlier is offerings and sacrifices. Like, when is it appropriate? When is it not? At what point do you draw a line? Now, it's very easy to get wrapped up in the romanticism, mysticism, or whatever else of what we do, um, but the realistic standpoint is that you have to abide by certain things. Now, any heathen that somehow comes across a society in which they kindred clan gathering folk uh, circle, whatever you want to call it, a gathered folk needs to recognize their own restrictions and or sacrifices as well. If they're asking more from you than what you feel is correct, you should get out of that situation. Now, in these times, we talk about offerings, it's hard to say, ah, fuck. So, to answer Wolf's question as well, um, thanks. <laughs> I think something that could be considered an offering and a sacrifice because if it's both bills is your time your energy every individual regardless of so social status you know economic you have time to give you only have so much time on this earth that's why i think it's a sacrifice because you can't gain it back but it's also it's not the same significant value in my eyes as, you know, food. And, you know, you're only drinking water you have. That would be a sacrifice in my eyes. So I think time could be used as a sacrifice and an offering, um, you know, an offering, you know, you're sitting at your offering or your, uh, your altar and you're just communing with the gods you're meditating um you're showing witness you're you know spending time with them you know they've been ignored for hundreds of years and it's being revitalized again in modern day you'd be like hey i just want to know 
you know, it's been some time since in the grand scheme of things, it was some time you got worshipped. I'm, you know, I'm here to show you that you're being remembered again and you're, you weren't forgotten. Um, but then sacrifice time, you know, you're going out a community member to help them move, you know, uh, you spend two weeks on a bloat and you're focusing all your downtime instead of relaxing and recouping and your own mental health wise you're sacrificing all that so you can give the best bloat you can so yeah time I see what you're saying. Disagree with it being a sacrifice, though. Just personally, I struggle with finding time to be a sacrifice and not an offer. You're right. We have a limited amount of time in every day, in every hour, whatever. We do. We have a limited amount of but to me, it is harder to make that sacrifice. No, I, I get offer, it. I offer my time freely in cases to members of the community and to others throughout my go through past and throughout my life. I've done that. I wouldn't count it as a sacrifice, though, if that makes sense. It's just it doesn't hold that same meaning. Me. I value my time like fucking crazy. Oh, uh, I, yeah. No, my time is really, really important to me. And I guess in certain specific aspects, I would consider it a sacrifice, but not so much of the time, but as a father and husband, that a sacrificing relationship type thing because I've been called at 1.30 in the morning on gothy shit and I've had to bounce. I had to get up and leave my family in some respects unprotected even though my wife is a dead shot and she could handle her own damn business. I don't get confused. But uh, I'm, not, I'm no longer there protecting my family so to me that would have been part of the sacrifice but the time, I get what you're saying and as an offering, absolutely. Absolutely is but just as a sacrifice, I find that. But that's me. Yeah, no. Um, that was just you know the first thing that came to mind. Uh, you know, you took blood, because I want to say why Wolf's question was, what can everyone give on an offering and a sacrifice? And you you did blood, yeah. so I was like, all right, what's something else that everyone has? And the only one that yeah. came that made the same significance as blood would be time. And that's, okay. that's how I see it. Uh, and you're, you know, you're right. I'm right. We're both right. Um, yeah. in our own different values and yeah. Why, why wolf? What's fun to think between the two of you is time and blood. And yeah, like, Oh, it's the same thing, but think about Time and blood are literally the same thing. 
Like, you only have so much blood and time. And they pump and they flow. I argue. Like, what you said is time and blood are literally the same thing. I argue you can make more blood. You can't make more time. Bullshit. I can go from here to Hawaii. I'm three hours back. Mm, not in your not in your time your lifetime scale no in my lifetime it's now 11 a.m but i left at a later date if you're only on the (laughs) earth for 50 years you spent three of those hours now six of those hours flying to hawaii and back you spent six yeah. hours of your 50 years total yeah, to try to prove me wrong. But how many hours cut off over the year? It's not a 50 year. It's a 49.56. So I did travel time, and I did not make that 50 year. I made it under the cut based off time travel, based off sun and earth. No. So... Not say, not, my guy. No, no, no. Go to so where so Utah to us right yeah. now, right now. You I, go here right now, dear timeline. Where do you live? It's ten thirty eight, right? Yep. So if you snap a finger, be here. You gain now your life. And then if I come back, now you can use that hour to catch up with the hour you left. If you snap back to the other part, you're now one hour behind. But the point is, you can time travel. The difference is the actualization of whether it degrades the body more aggressively or it's just a simple realization of time space continuum on a more realistic physical scale. Is this a scientific property or is it a biological property? And then what is time? Does time erode the body or does time erode the situational awareness? Is it the plant that dies or the you def- or the you that dies that makes time travel faster or slower? Okay, I don't know if it's just been the two weeks we've been absent for podcasting or it's the half drink I've been drinking. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I am so. I I think I understand what you're trying. I think I understand what you're trying to say. He's trying to use. But you're the, wrong. The um. No, it's not. It's the daylight savings thing and the yeah. as time travel. I think daylight savings. But what I'm saying is, you can't make more time of your time on Earth. But can you make less? Yeah. No, you can't make less because you're here for the minute seconds. Everything's calculated. You can't make it less. You can't make less time. You can't make fate and shit like that. Exactly. Then what are time zones? Yeah, but those are. It's still the same. Mm -hmm. It's not. If I leave today. Now, I go to Hawaii, I'm two hours behind, I get there at the same time I left today. I've lost no time, according to 
the Earth, and timelines. I left and landed the same moment in time. No. According to the rotation of the Earth and the accidents, everything has to do with time. Uh, technically, you know, no, time. because Hawaii is in the same time zone as we are. Here's, 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 here's where you fucked up. You're putting way too much faith in the hands of a clock. Okay, I just fucked up every Gen Z kid in here that may or may not ever listen. The hands on a clock. You're putting way too much faith in the hands on a clock and not in the rotation of the Earth. Do you realize there's not 365 days in a the year? There's 366, and there's not 24 hours in a day. It's actually supposed to be 25. Are you going to teach me a leap year? Like, I haven't been alive for decades? You're trying to prove that time travel exists by going on an airplane. Tell you what. We've done it together, and we drove there together. But we did not time travel. If you said that... If you get a no. timer... If you oh. get a timer and you go, how many hours did it take you to go there? It took 12. All right, what does the timer say? It took me 12 hours. I spent 12 hours on the road going to this place. Right, going from A to B was 12 hours, but it changed the time that existed at the time you were there, right? It changed, it changed my day schedule because I decided yeah. to eat dinner one hour early. It did not right. change the amount of time I had on Midgard at all. So, Peter, to you, if you came here right now, uh -huh. do you believe you would gain an hour in your day or not? No. Technically, you would be Why losing not? time. How? Because he's driving here. No, no, I get up here. It, it, like, well, like, legit. Like, if he's like, like, I dream of genie or Hogwarts shit, just up here. Right now. Right now, it's 10.43, his time. Boom. 9.43, right next to me. Did you gain an hour? No. Why not? Because that's based on a human concept of a clock. But that's how you age, right? No. You don't age based off... You can't math out the age of a human being based off a clock? You absolutely can. Nowadays. You can math out the age of the human based on the time on the clock. For example, I've been alive for hypothetically 53 years. Okay. I know how long I've been here. That is full rotations of the Earth. Around the sun. Okay. It's weird science shit's getting involved now, so I'm going to have to fucking rack my brain back to eighth grade. Yeah. But the rotation of the Earth around the sun is what dictates our year. I did not gain or lose any time by traveling on Earth to you. That is based on the time on a clock, which is actually wrong, according to science. So, no, I did not age backwards. No. I, I kind of want to just do something separately that's equally chaotic, but makes me super happy that life I'm not going to. Okay. Um, 
That's great. So neither gained nor lost in a circular motion around the sun. Now let's talk about the Aesir and in Asgard. We've okay. kind of talked about it once or twice before. Not a whole lot. This isn't in-depth. This is not a fucking dick measuring contest where I get into that shit. Is there is an understanding that time itself travels and or occurs differently in Midgard as opposed to Asgard. Is a very controversial, unverified fact and ornosis. This is a common debate that takes place. So the time coming now, it's like dog years, but opposite, right? The dog sees us as dog years, and we see the gods as dog years. So what are your thoughts on if here in Midgard in our universe that travel the same timeline as opposed to what takes place and what do you believe the timeline looks like in this guard? You're talking along the lines of the whole a human being could take, what is it, three to seven steps into Asgard and by that time they would turn to dust? I want to say six because it's the same steps that Thor takes before he dies. Something like that, yeah. yeah. I just want to make sure I was understanding where you were coming from. I do not believe that has to do with time so much as environment. I don't believe it has anything. I'm still listening. Go ahead. I just don't believe it has anything to do with time so much as it has to do with the environment around. So if I were to go to Venus, or yeah, Venus, whichever one's close to the sun. What's funny, I thought you said Phoenix, and somehow I felt worse for you (laughs) to go Uh, to Arizona as opposed to Venus. Uh, I want. Isn't Mercury the first one? Mercury, Venus, yeah, Earth. But... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I end up on Mercury. I would get fucking burnt alive in a matter of seconds. Like nuclear. I think I might be wrong. Neil Neil deGrasse Tyson can correct me if he so chooses to pay attention or bullshit. Um, but I'm fairly certain. <laughs> That if I stepped foot on Mercury, I would just fucking spontaneously combust and burn into ash. Yeah, because it's just that fucking hot. Versus if I tried to step on Pluto, on the other end of our fucking universe, I would freeze to death before I stepped foot out of fucking space shuttle. Now, that's kind of my basis of this is, I believe if a human... If a human walked into Asgard, it would be environmental issues that caused that to happen rather than time being what causes it. Evans, what are your thoughts? Do you think time is not linear, but perpetual regardless of the realm and or place you're at? If you are here at the same time you are here in Asgard, this time you are here in Hell, this time you are in Muspelheim, and or the East Coast, 
Are you doing the same exact moment in time? Times ahead, time before, times above, times below. What are your thoughts? I think in the grand scheme of things, we're all on the same timeline. It's only the time seems, you know, um, we're all on the same timeline. So there's no time travel or anything like that. It's more along the lines of an easier can live a thousand years. Their yeah. one day is one lifetime for me, you know, in that grand scheme of things or in the math way, uh, 1000 years. So average humans about 90. So I'd live less than a decade of their life. You know, that's how I would see it. Time is a human construct as we're trying to control it and try to identify what everything is going on. But it's the same timeline. It's there ain't, I don't think there's more than, you know, there's an easier timeline. There's a fan near timeline. There's a Midgard timeline. There's, um, a hell timeline. I think there's just one timeline and the drasticity of the environment changes on your view of what time is. So there's another piece of this too, unless we'll go ahead. Why wolf? No, I, I agree to a degree. Um, let's say we believe in the same timeline. My dog is born this year. Mm -hmm. But somehow, dog ears? So, dog ears are a made up shit. Um, that's just our way of like justifying why dogs die at the age of 14. They're like, all right, let's put it in a human construct. All right, if humans live an average about 90 years, all right, but dogs die at legendary age of 14 alright well let's try to make it into human construct dogs are only here for a certain amount of time humans are here for a certain amount of time through uh, evolution and everything we've grown our lifespan with modern science and uh, healthcare and everything like that and I would argue animals I mean, it's been proven that a captive animal versus free animals have a different timelines worth of uh, lifespan. Okay. So in that same concept, the Ace Theater or an Asgard are watching humans take place and they justify our degradation of human sense and or physical sense or physical, um, yeah. I mean, essentially physical uh, to their timeline yeah. now does that mean we are younger or older because we claim dogs be 14 and be legendarily old i think if that's the same timeline with the asian if humans were to asgard and age like dogs to humans yes. that would make us legendarily old in their timeline where to us it'd make us basically pops to their elders yeah we are so in this aspect i think it would be attributed to 
to us, you know, to humans, dog years, they live short lives. They live 14 year lives compared to us. Now, when it goes to Asgard, Aesir to humans, the Aesir are the humans, and we, the humans, are pups. We're the dogs. You know, the in the grand scheme of like how I'm trying to boil it down, you know, if the Aesir had our same timetable of 90 years and their few of 90 years, and we, the humans, live 14 years, the Aesir's point of view, they would be like, the humans live short lives. Yeah. Okay. So I did the math. Very similar to how we calculated dog years. So you take an 80-year-old human, divide that by the 14 years or whatever, and that's where you get that 7 or something. Mm -hmm. I think the actual thing was 70-year-old human and 10-year-old dog was fairly normal back then. That's how we get 7 years is a year for us, but it's 7 dog years. In the essence of the ace here, we use the hypothetical of saying 1,000 years divided by the 80 years of a natural human life, we would age for every year that we're alive, we would be 12.5 human years to their thousand, to their one year. Wait, can you, so re- can you re- like, redo your math? Because in my, pu- my viewpoint, the math was kind of weird. So every, what is... So in Aesir's year, yeah, we'll take that. In an Aesir's year, the human years to an Aesir year is 12.5, so 12 and a half years. So to them, they're looking at one year of their life, and a human child could be born and aged to 12 and a half years old. Oh, okay, okay. So the average lifespan would be 12 and a half years old. Or that would be the maximum lifespan of a human would be 12 and a half years old in the eyes of a Aesir god. Yes. Okay. Basically. In a way, sure. Um, okay. I wanted to make another point with that, though. Since somehow we got on a fucking timeline for you. The we're supposed to be talking about offerings, up, and now we're talking about time. I know. It's fucked up. But the other thing we have yeah. to look at with this is the speed of the, speed of the vibrations of the individuals. Time is forever moving forward. We know that. That doesn't stop, it doesn't end, it just keeps going. Time is time. Now, vibration of different things can dictate how they see time. I would argue in this case, being that time is forever moving forward, if you walked into Asgard right now, you would be sitting there watching them as just blurs, if that. Because they are vibrating at a higher frequency, and therefore time moves slower for them and shows them that they can live longer because they have more time because they're moving faster. Kind of like the Flash and Tachyon, bullshit like that. And by the way, we're not putting the apples of it doing in this equation. We're just using... We're we're putting a thousand years as a rough estimate. Yeah, that's obviously not accurate. Without the apples of a dune, it's probably close to a thousand human years. 
that we understand a year, it's probably close to a thousand. Anyways, we also have to look at that with the speed of the vibrations of the Aesir, the Vonir, and whatever. They probably vibrate at a higher frequency, therefore they see us as moving slower than shit. But they, to us, would be a blur of nothingness. And that would account for the time change. This goes down to Einstein's theory. I want to say it's Einstein. Theory of relativity. I might yeah. be talking out my ass. Uh, I don't Is know. That right? it, I know Einstein did do relativity. I don't know if, you know, it's this thing that supports With your argument. The, regardless, the faster you move, the slower time seems to go. Um, we see it in movies and TV shows. They've had science experiments done on it. The faster you move, the slower time seems. Technically, time is still moving at the same speed. You are just moving so quickly that it passes slower. Your, your perception of time slows down? Yeah. So uh, there's the video of Quicksilver in the X-Men movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Origins. Where to him, everything is dead stop almost, but it's still moving forward. Everything's still happening. He's just moving so fast and moving at such a high frequency that to him, everything's just stop. That's yeah. essentially how the Aesir would view us. If, if they are in fact moving at a different speed. This is all hypothetical. There is no confirmation of this. Don't take my words out of my fucking mouth. Don't call me crazy. Yeah. We have no confirmation. This is just another one of the theories that we have to go over because why Wolf likes to discuss time and how it's not real. And it could be currently possible that none of this is correct and they just eat an apple and they just stop growing. Yeah, and that was like, yeah, for like 20 minutes. <laughs> I was like, we have about seven more minutes. I have said nothing on your rant. I know. Because you got me going too, asshole. We fight about this damn near weekly, and I think it's hilarious. And nothing changes. No, nothing changes. The same. Oh, things change. I just learned to restrict and let you do what you're doing <laughs> now. And saying, you talked a lot. I've said less than you have, and that's different. That is different for us. All right. Cool. But yeah, offerings. <laughs> oh, wait, didn't Wolf have another question? Oh, probably. No, I asked both of you the same question. That was the two questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, with offerings as an overall whole, as opposed to sacrifices, whatever else. I believe if you can give an offering, you should give an offering. It came down to a conversation that took place before our recording. It's a, I would say, an intrinsic heathen belief and or ingrained maybe into our DNA that could be argued for who gives a fuck. Um, I think heathens are built to last and built to share. Um, I think some of it is a offering takes place naturally in a heathen sense. Um, the most heathen time 
Am I exactly the most in my life? The most heathen time I felt like I felt like I was a heathen. I felt like I went far. I felt like there was like my most spiritual encounter, my most meaningful encounter, my biggest moment with the gods is when I connected and helped someone else. Not that I gave something of myself. Not that I lost something. Not that I gave my home away. I let someone borrow my car. But in my mind, the most heathen I think I've ever felt is when I connect and help another heathen. Um, now, there is something to say about Christians and whatever else. You're helping the outside community. But I truly feel I've helped a heathen. That to me, it's... Yeah, it can't be described. It's, it's dopamine beyond what I can actually control myself. This is something that I've intrinsically thought that said, he's a little different because not only can we identify a heathen, because you know you fucking can if you know you fucking can. You run on the street and you peg out a heathen a mile away. There might be some new or old heathen, whatever else. But what builds that community is the intrinsic idea of saying, I will help you. I'm going to help you. I don't know you, but we need to strive forward together. So to me, with the offerings and everything else, I think we are built differently. And that's what, unfortunately, ostracizes us from the community that is so addicted to taking. So we deal with a lot of communities and religious beliefs and cults and religions and factions of things that say, gimme, 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 fuck you. Where what we do is we're going to help ourselves and we may help you. We owe you nothing and you owe us nothing. But when we can, we will. When the other one is a demanding source. We are going to vampire you from your earnings or we hope that you get back in the long run and it doesn't matter either way you could not but when i help a heathen it helped me more tenfold or made me feel better than anything i've done as a mormon a lutheran a buddhist a whatever the fuck you want to call anything else flying spag monster bullshit when i helped a heathen i felt more heathen than i ever have reading a book doing a bloat giving an offering, making a sacrifice, or anything else. I think offerings are something that we sacrifice willingly and intrinsically and in our DNA as a heathen culture, we give more offerings than we are given, offered to us. And that speaks volumes to who we are as a humanity and a people as opposed to an expectation of reality to make ourselves look better in society. So offerings are huge, sacrifices are bigger, but always offer when you can because you never know who you're offering to. I love that about heathen culture. I agree. I'm reading a book. Mm. Oh, that book. Um, no, I, I agree with that. Um, it is important. Offer when you can. Um, as much as we are considered pirates with the whole take what you can, give nothing back idea of things, we don't as often as people would make us out to be, as Hollywood made heathens out to be, we really don't do that that much. Normally we keep to our own, especially in today's world. Um, obviously there's no way to discount the stuff that happened in the past because that was reality. 
but in today's world, we are far more willing to give than take. Now, that can be a whole other conversation with my wild beliefs, but I agree. I think what you said is like it's giving, it's not investing. An investment means you're giving something forward and expecting a return. Giving is sacrificing. Like I can I can give my money into an investment firm. I expect that investment firm to turn it back around and give me a profitable outcome. But if you're just giving to help someone do something, you're not expecting the return. And I think that's the biggest difference between investing, giving, sacrificing, it's a whole different thing. I agree. Look out for your fellow man. Make offerings to the gods when you can or when you need to. And judge accordingly what those offerings are. Rain Raven, do you have anything to add? You're awful pretty, but you don't talk much. What? You haven't been saying shit this episode. Me? I just went on like a 20 minute rant. I don't know what I said. I'm miles away right now. Your your 25 minute rant was two minutes. There's a two. (laughs) Uh, So yeah. Uh, offer when you can. Don't be a greedy little bastard. Greed taught us one thing in the Codex Greedius. Don't don't be uh, Fafnir. You turn into a worm, snake, dragon. Because you hoard on to everything. Learn to give it away. Yes. You know, we, we raided so we can gain social status and everything back in the ancestral times. But it was more along... It was seen to try to make your family lives better. So in that point, it wasn't selfish. You're trying to make your children's life better. And, you know, the trickle down effect. Hopefully they're ch- they try to make their children's life better. So in the grand scheme of things, you go from a peasant to an elderman. And that's tr- your train of thought of, you know, trying to make your children's lives better. Um, but yes, you... Help out when you can, you know, if your neighbor asks you to take out their trash and, you know, their trash can and hold, put it on their, the street so trash can get picked up, fucking do it. You know, it doesn't hurt you. If anything, it helps you. You're fostering a relationship. You don't know the next time shit hits the fan and you need to count on your neighbor. Don't burn bridges. These guys are going to laugh at me, but, uh. Treat people with kindness. Be fucking nice. Like, you don't have to be an asshole. You're not, an asshole. You're not wrong. Yeah, I know. But it's very but, like, not you saying that. I know. <laughs> but I try not take things out like when you call an insurance company. Don't take it out on the dude that answer, or dude or chick that answers the phone or made that. Unless it's a spam it call. The- then they knowingly didn't. On the other end of the phone. It's not their fault. They didn't do shit. They're trying to scam me out of my money. So, full circle. Thank you. Is this, right? Wells? 
and luck? Wealth, distribution of your good times, well-being, not sacrificing others. It's offerings that you can afford to give to better someone forward. Yes. Senu is a very good example of this discussion now saying you have an abundance because of your dedicated hard work and what you deserve. Now, if you so choose to, to make circular wealth of the galaxy, your universe, your timeline, whatever, is Feiyu. The distribution of wealth based off what is deserved and not just sacrificing. You're offering your overabundance, but you're not sacrificing your survivability, right? I, have, I need 10 oxen to survive. Well, I have 14. So I will keep 10, I will give four. Now I will not sacrifice five, but I will offer four. So Faye was a very big moment of this time in the conversation saying, this rune can completely relate to the conversation at hand saying, sacrifice, offering, distribution of wealth, and helping others. They're all independently different, and they can work together. So I think Faye was a very good takeaway from the conversation. Maybe a study of a rune, if you have not seen one before. Faye was one that is overabundance in distribution, but not without sacrificing what you need for yourself. And when you think, man, maybe I can't afford this drink, but I'm going to buy that for that guy. Fucking don't. Keep your tab. Keep your budget. Stay true to you. And over time, maybe not immediately, but over time, you will be able to help a greater scheme of people than the individual you met one evening. But I think Faye is a very good example of the conversation we've had tonight. And on that note, that is the end of the new Upsala podcast. We appreciate you guys coming in and listening and learning from us. If you feel like asking us questions, please do. And if you want to answer or ask us questions directly you can go to our patreon patreon.com slash new upsala podcast and if you want to do it a sacrifice what real quick so sound rain raven what is one oodle plus one oodle two oodles two i hate you guys what are you talking about? It's toodles and saying goodbye, you fucking asshole. <laughs> but, you know, if, if you got plenty of money and, you know, it's not like you're giving away money to a pointless cause, you're helping us keeping this keeping going. So give us an offering if you so see it fit. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you like that? Tie it all together. Don't, sac- oh, don't sacrifice, but offer. Yeah. Like a new like slogan. You need to sacrifice to us, but you sure as shit can offer. <laughs> I like it. Right. I love it. It's pretty good, actually. <laughs> See you guys next one. Bye. All right. Love you. Bye.